Hello, you're listening to an e-assessment association podcast. So Tim Burnett here from the e-assessment association. Uh, I'll be your host for uh, today's podcast. Uh, this week we're talking about the FAB conference, uh, which is the Federation of Awarding Bodies conference, which is a, an event held in Leicester in the UK, uh, predominantly for the vocational sector of the uh, UK awarding ma- uh, market, so regulated uh, awarding bodies uh, coming together to discuss policy and uh, changes and uh, events which were impacting them as, a, um, uh, as, a, as an industry. Uh, myself and other uh, vendors from the e-assessment association uh, regular attendees as well um, exhibiting and hoping to obviously talk and uh, discuss technology with the delegates the conference is a really interesting conference two-day event with an awards that takes place on the Thursday evening uh, it's usually a, a pretty fun affair um, some fantastic achievement being recognized within the uh, qualification sector. Some interesting presenters this year. Uh, they were, uh, had an all-panel session with the, the regulators that make up the UK, so you had Ofqual represented. Uh, you also had uh, Qualification Wales, uh, CCEA, uh, who look after Northern Ireland, and uh, SQA, the Scottish Qualifications Authority uh, regulator as well. So uh, quite an interesting panel discussion took place on that and it's great to see all the regulators uh, taking place. There was also some interesting conversations around malpractice uh, with one of the particular sessions uh, I managed to get an interview with uh, Sir John Dunford uh, at the end of uh, his presentation on the report that he's put together as part of the malpractice. So in this podcast today you'll be hearing from uh, three of the vendors which were uh, exhibiting at the, the conference. So we have Emma Hall from BTL we have Siobhan uh, from TestReach and Alastair uh, Fry-Boval from uh, PSI. And then we'll be talking to Sir John about the malpractice report. So first of all, let's hear what Emma had to say about the conference. So Tim Burnett here from the E-Assessment Association. We're at FAB 2019 and I'm joined by Emma Hall, also of BTL. Uh, Emma, so just tell me a bit more about the conference and what the themes have been so far. Um, so I think for me the main theme this year has probably been remote invigilation. I think a lot of people are starting to get interested in that. So not as hypothetical as it has been in previous years. People are really starting to look at it as something that can actually happen for them and can actually help them. People are talking about it as a, a solution to some of the problems and the people in authority as benefiting, isn't it? It's the association's agenda that's, that's going to work for us. Yeah, and I think people can really start to share those case studies and just give each other confidence. And we can use forums like FAB and the assessment question conference to share those stories. And hopefully then other people and other organisations will follow because they'll have that confidence that, you know, someone's done this, it's been proven, um, and it was all okay. Now, you're working on the awards committee for the association, aren't you? You're part of that team. Do you think there should be more recognition for... Um, almost like an individual uh, prize centred around remote proctoring. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think um, we're always celebrating innovation uh, in assessment and in learning, and I think proctoring is a big part of that, so perhaps a focus on that this year. It seems like the right time. Excellent. So what would you would you recommend anyone coming to FAB in the future? 
Absolutely, I think it's a great place to come, especially um, if you're in the awarding body sector, to just come and meet people who are trying different things, um, hear from the industry, hear from um, sort of regulatory members and um, the suppliers and exhibitors as well. Um, there's a lot of interesting stories here. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time today, Emma, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks, Tim. So Emma, they're talking about the opportunities that are coming more and more frequently from people wanting to get involved in remote proctoring, which is fantastic, really. The UK market has seen lots of conversations about uh, online invigilation, remote invigilation, remote proctoring, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's been a lot of interest over the years. But there's been very few organisations which have really wanted to pick it up and take it up. But I think it was a notable difference at this particular event where people are actually now beginning to wake up and see it as a potential form of invigilated and um, managed delivery of examination. So some really good points there by, by Emma. Let's hear what Siobhan from Testreach has to say about the uh, conference uh, and her observations. Hi Tim, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, my name's Siobhan, I'm Marketing Director at TestReach. Uh, we've uh, found this event really good this year, actually. We've, um, it's our third year coming, and I think in previous years, you know, we didn't really know the lay of the land so much, but now we kind of know the team, know the kind of companies coming, getting to talk to other partners and vendors. So it's really a really good way to stay in touch with what's happening in the awarding industry and staying on top of trends and topics and what's of interest to people. So. Has, there been, has there been any particular trend that's kind of stood out to you so far? Uh, this year we found it quite interesting talking around the issues around malpractice. There was a big report came out on that and there's a lot of interesting themes in that and the ways people are finding to work around uh, examinations you know, and, and certification processes and try and cheat. And actually the, it's kind of interesting learning how people are tackling that. Uh, from our point of view I kind of thought it was interesting to see how many of those situations might have been avoided if we were off paper and online, but that's obviously coming from a vendor point of view. But it is an interesting topic that's been causing a lot of conversation, I think, because that interesting report came out. Do you think that more people are making that transition now from paper to on screen, or do you think there still is some barriers in certain sectors which are preventing that? Um, it does seem to me to be quite slow, you know, because... Um, I look at all the advantages, obviously the speed of online marketing, the ease at which you can collaboratively write questions and that type of thing. You'd think it would happen more quickly than it is, but I think for large-scale assessments, it's just a, access to devices seems to be a big barrier. Like in schools, to literally get the number of computers needed in order for everyone to sit their exams online can be a big barrier. Uh, but certainly for professional associations that we're working with, it's much more accessible. So it really comes down to have people got the hardware required, I think. And, and you know, the whole area of bring your own devices opening up, but there's still a lot of issues for people sorting that out and making sure there's seamless rollout of software across those devices. So that can be a barrier. But uh, certainly for professional associations and the bigger awarding bodies, there's definitely a move in the right direction and they are getting online now. I think it's interesting you said bring your own device. I, I've, I've not really heard much of that particular topic going on for myself it's been remote proctoring or online invigilation or whatever you want to call it um, but in terms of the, the representation obviously there's yourself there's PSI and there's a number of other um, uh, e-assessment association uh, members that are, are represented do you think it's worthwhile more of them attending and getting more out of this conference um, I definitely think so because but I think there is an awareness that it's kind of slow to change so I suppose when you're somebody working in marketing in an e-assessment organization you've got to accept that yes there is business there but it's not going to be quick 
and there is a long process of change. But if you're willing to work in a consultative way with people and bring them through that process and make sure it's successful for them, then yes, there's business to be had. Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity for more collaboration between Federation of Awarding Bodies and the Assessment Association. And I think a lot of the people here at Federation of Awarding Bodies would be interested in the association's work. And maybe we should be doing more to promote one to the other and, and think about ways we could do that. Definitely, there should be a representation at the conference. Uh, we've seen um, all the regulators were here for a panel discussion yesterday. Um, as ever, people are sometimes a little bit lukewarm to, to them, um, some more than others. Um, do you think the regulators are really engaging with the technology providers in, in trying to overcome some of the hurdles? Or do you think it's still very much a, uh, they're only talking to the, the awarding organisations? Um, so far, my experience is that we are getting approval from the regulators for more modern online ways of delivering exams. So remotely invigilated exams with test suites have been uh, given the okay by Ofqual and uh, SQA and others. Um, however, it's driven by the clients. So it's not directly done between us test reach and the regulator it's just when our client wishes to use our software we work with them in order to get it regulated and that's not been a problem so they are open to approving it but you just need to be applying it in a qualification they're not approving the technology they're approving the qualification delivery on a certain technology and that's been fine but uh, yes it's certainly we work alongside the client to achieve that excellent so will we see you here at FAB 2020 definitely I've had a good year and I'm looking forward to coming back next year fantastic thank you very much for your time today okay. thanks Tim good talking to you so Siobhan there talking about obviously the the a lot of the interest around malpractice and we'll be hearing a bit more about that from our interview with uh, Sir John Dunford uh, going forward and again a real appeal out to anyone that's involved in technology and assessment that they really should be represented both at the FAB conference and other conferences such as the e-assessment question conference which don't forget is coming in April this uh, sorry next year 2020. Let's hear what Alastair Freibrovel from uh, PSI has to say about the event and what his observations were on the, uh, the conference. Hi, I'm Alistair Freibrovel. I'm the Senior Director for Marketing for PSI's International Division. Excellent. And so how's the conference been for you? Have you, have you enjoyed it? Is it because you're a regular, aren't you? So, Yeah, I think this must be my fourth or fifth year. Um, I, I, it's been good. It's been so much more positive this year. I mean, just visiting the sessions, sitting in on the discussions. Uh, there was so much angst, I think, uh, a couple of years ago about the uncertainty around T levels in the apprenticeship levy. That, that seems like clarity has come. People feel more confident and uh, much more forward-looking this year. The whole sort of delivery um, angle has come to the fore. I, I was very interested when we had the off-call talk earlier to, to hear them say, you know, that they were looking at centre controls and saying that they took paper delivery as inherently more risky than digital delivery. I mean, that's a massive message going out to the AOs about that. Yeah, and I think this summer there's been, again, even more kind of leaks around GCSEs. And so there is a kind of general trend. Do you think there is anything at the moment that will help us get over this barrier of availability of computers in for examinations? Is there anything that's on the horizon that you think will save this? Um, it's funny, I was just talking about that earlier. I, I think inevitably it's going to come down to probably a bring-your-own-device model, and that brings obviously with it a lot of concerns in terms of security, preventing malpractice, how you actually deliver to that quantity of 
such a broad spectrum of devices that that's going to be the challenge it may be that they find the way around the hardware issues about high scale delivery and event based assessment but that seems to be an even bigger challenge than trying to look at the big bring your own device approach and i agree and one of the things i've seen also is that in renewed conversations about remote proctoring but rather than it being coming from suppliers people in the field i found that more and more people have been coming forward and saying I want to talk about remote proctoring as a solution for us. Is that a trend that PSI has seen? Absolutely. It's it's reached a level of maturity now. I think you've got the early adopters. People are seeing success stories in this space, and that's sort of making them emboldened to look at it directly themselves. Yeah, I would say probably half the people who have come, visited us understand during the event have been interested in remote proctoring um, in all its forms, its sort of variety of modalities. And it's interesting you said about bringing your own device because that's effectively what remote proctoring is, isn't it, really? It's bringing your own device to the, the, the qualification space. Is there, is there anything else that you've seen from this conference that's really stood out to you as being a, a kind of a win-win for you know, suppliers like BTL, PSI, all the other ones out there? You know, is there anything else that stood out to you? I think this there's been a lot of interest in this whole in this whole issue about preventing malpractice, about the impact of malpractice on the integrity of the qualification and so on. I think organisations who are committed to preserving and defending the the integrity and the security of their exam delivery, that being able to demonstrate that is a real positive amongst an audience that is clearly concerned about the uh, the way that their IP and the candidate um, the the integrity of the candidate results can be compromised through malpractice. So do you, um, so looking ahead now to some of the next kind of conferences that are coming up. Uh, obviously, we've got the assessment question conference, which uh, I know, you know we've all been kind of a big part of, and you guys have been uh, sponsors of the awards that go with it as well. Do you do you think that you know we'll be able to bring more of the regulators to that kind of event and that sphere to try and get them to help us push and promote this stuff and keep digital technology trend? moving absolutely i think what i'd like to see is really more of the assessment community involved in the fab conference and more of the awarding organizations and regulators involved in events like e-assessment i think if we can get more crossover between those two audiences then we'll get a much more holistic view of what's happening in the industry so do you think the future is bright definitely excellent thank you very much for your time alistair you're very welcome thank you so that was alistair from psi uh, talking about the conference so far, uh, it was really interesting his point about the, the fact that a lot of the conversation which has been uh, reoccurring over the past few years about apprenticeships and T-levels has, has begun to settle down and it's uh, great for everyone really that we've started to now look to the future and look at uh, items such as technology, uh, but also just get on with the activity of delivering fantastic qualifications. Malpractice again standing out as being one of the key topics there. Um, so let's now listen to Sir John Dunford talk about the uh, the independent report that was commissioned by uh, JCQ. Um, this is a fantastic report. It's about 175 pages in length, um, and you can actually download it from the uh, JCQ. That's the Joint Council for Qualifications website, which is jcq.org.uk. And if you then go to Examination System, Independent Malpractice Commission, uh, you'll be able to see the, the full report as a top link there and uh, download it. 
I'm not going to talk through every single point. Sir John provides uh, the best uh, interpretation of that. So let's hear what Sir John has to say. I'm Sir John Dunford. I was chair of the Com Independent Commission on Exam Malpractice, which was set up by the JCQ, the Joint Council for Qualifications, uh, a year ago. We produced our report in September 2019 uh, with about 80 recommendations uh, for, um, for the JCQ itself, uh, for awarding organisations, and also, crucially, for the exam centres themselves, about ways in which they can um, both prevent and reduce uh, malpractice in examinations and assessments. We were very clear that we were looking at malpractice in both general qualifications and also in vocational qualifications, uh, which so often get regarded as second best. And I think that um, the report gives a really, uh, a really good reflection of the situation in both GQ and VTQ. And we've been here at the, uh, this, this session was repeated. Uh, I was very lucky to get a seat in the second session because it was absolutely packed. So obviously malpractice and is, is a big point on people's agenda. Now the thing that stood out to me was your comments about assessment technology and, and technology and how it can, um, can help the whole process and improve the process. Is it some highlights that you could provide to the audience just to help people understand where you, what you're thinking in terms of the reports and where people should be looking for, for guidance in that in the report? We had about 80 recommendations in the report um, and, and they ranged from things that you could do in an exam centre, uh, improve documentation uh, by the JCQ and by awarding organisations so that centres can navigate much better Around, uh, around the documentation. Um, a really strong um, recommendation around the ethical culture that should exist in centres to prevent malpractice and to ensure that people were happy to report any matters of concern that they had about the conduct of other, uh, of other people. But the report also contained a bit of a look into the future about how the exam system could be, um, could be improved in ways that would not only um, uh, be more in tune with the way in which young people think nowadays, um, but, uh, but also would enable malpractice to be better, more easily prevented and, and better investigated if it, uh, if it took place. So for example, if you have got a, um, a, a piece of practical work uh, being um, uh, being judged by an examiner, which involves the examiner interviewing the student, then it's appropriate to use what's called remote proctoring, remote invigilation. In other words, you're filming the interview that's taking place between the examiner and the um, uh, and the candidate. Um, so that's one example of how technology can be used. But there's both uses and abuses of technology. And at the moment, there's a risk that the abusers will be ahead of the users. And what I hope this report will do is to help awarding organisations and the Joint Council and the Federation of Awarding Bodies to, um, to think about how they can get ahead of the game, how they can get ahead of the abusers. And there was a very good example this summer in, in the, um, uh, the, the leaking of one of the Pearson A-level maths papers. What happened there was that the um, uh, Pearson were tipped off about this, that, it, that there was something on social media, people were trying to sell um, exam questions. 
Um, because of their use of technology, Pearson were able to identify 38 centres where this might have taken place. Within an hour, they had sent somebody into each of those 38 centres. 37 of those centres were given the all clear, and in the 38th centre, there was good reason for doubt that proper practice had been followed. And in fact, very soon after that, the police were informed and two people were arrested. So that's a very, very good use of the way in which Pearson had, um, were able to identify exam papers and were able, therefore, to, um, uh, to follow it, to use technology to help them to follow up and, and um, um, uh, discover who was committing the malpractice. But far better than all of that seems to me to be preventing malpractice in the first place. And I think part of that is better use of digital assessment, e-assessment and so on, which we are only in the foothills of in this country at the moment. Absolutely, and, and I, you might be aware of some of the stuff that's been going on in Wales with the adaptive testing and you know, that, those kind of technologies will help prevent that cheating. And I suppose one of the final points on the right at the bottom of your slide was about looking at the future of the assessment types. So rather than it being a knowledge recall assessment where you know that does breed the idea that you need, you need to nip off and look at a book or what you know that will aid you or, or looking online because yeah. I mean, when I mentioned the question about bring your own device, you said well, how do we prevent you know the online access? You know, I was talking to a, a delegate just after your presentation and he was saying we do really need to start rethinking the way that we approach assessment so that you know it's very realistic we all have access to to information you know as we're doing our job so mm -hmm. why can't we do that as part of the process so rethink it from well, a knowledge the technology base. is available to do all of these things yeah. and it seems to me that we're at a point in in um in the history of assessment really at the moment where actually the best people to take this forward are the awarding organizations themselves it's no good at the moment waiting for the government to act because they never will. Yeah. A future government might, but let's make sure that we as a sector, through the awarding organisations, are ready to take maximum advantage to create a more up-to-date exam and assessment system uh, when we've got people in power who might be more who might be more flexible, who might be more interested in, in exploring that. So I would say, actually, start using these kind of, of, of different means of assessment. Don't just think that you've got to use the same assessment as you used last year. Um, but um, keeping a level playing field is very important. Yeah. And one of the things that you can do with technology, it seems to me, is it can help you to keep a better, more level playing field between candidates from all sorts of different backgrounds. And I think that's very important. And where next for this, you know, where's this going to um, go next? We're at, uh, at uh, I've, done my, I've done my job and the Commission has done its job in producing the report. Um, but I'm still in touch with the Joint Council and with the, the board of the Joint Council, which is the big uh, awarding bodies. Um, and they have an implementation plan in place for this year. They're proposing in, I think, about nine months' time to produce a progress report as to which uh, recommendations have, um, have seen the light of day and which ones are ongoing. But they're actually working already on improving the documentation on, on various other aspects. So I'm really optimistic that my year's work and the year's work of the Commission that's been working with me will not be gathering dust on a shelf. And I really hope so as well. Thank you for your time today, uh, Sir John. It's been an excellent session, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure. So there was John talking about the report. Um, some really interesting aspects to it. And I really would recommend uh, having a good read through the report. Uh, 175 pages. I'm not quite there yet myself, but 
uh, with, uh, like I say, over 80 recommendations. I think there's information which can be picked up by uh, not only those working in the UK, but also those that are looking at malpractice on an international scale or on a regional scale across the world. I know in America they have the recent uh, scandals associated with the college entrance examinations. So perhaps there's something that could be picked up and used by other organisations. So that's it from the FAB uh, 2019 uh, conference roundup. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, session today and we look forward to seeing you all again soon. So thank you for your time and uh, see you soon. This has been an e-assessment association podcast. You can subscribe to these podcasts through your standard podcasting channels and you can also find out more information at our website which is e-assessment.com. You can join the association for free and learn about all our amazing activities in terms of research, awards, conferences, news and information. Thank you and I hope to see you back soon.